What's up, guys? Welcome to the Flame Entertainment and Sports. It's your boy Rob here. It's our third episode of the week. This will be an exclusive college football talk with Paul episode as me and Paul break down last week in college football as it was the last regular season week of the season. Talk about some upcoming conference championship game matchups coming this weekend. We break down some Heisman talk, coaching news, and some transfer portal news as well. And before we get into college football talk with Paul, I want to talk to you guys really quickly about SeatGeek. As we recently joined Team SeatGeek, of course, you know, SeatGeek, one of the best ticketing apps out there. My favorite part about it, each deal is rated on a scale from 0 to 10. So they do all they can to help you land the best deal possible. And, uh, yeah, it's really cool. So uh, happy to share, too, that we have an exclusive code. Um, if you use code ROBCAO, R-O-B-C-A-O, you will receive $20 off your first order at, at SeatGeek. And what better time than now, holiday season, Christmas season, you know, to give someone some you know some pretty cool tickets to a, a game a concert stand-up comedy show and of course in this case uh maybe you could buy someone uh some tickets for to see their favorite team play in a bowl game i think that'd be pretty cool so once again uh, uh make sure to use code robgal r-o-b-c-a-o for 20 dollars off your first purchase at SeatGeek. let me know what tickets you buy and uh yeah now it's time for some college football talk with paul let's do it All right, guys, so for this episode, uh, it's going to be exclusively college football talk with Paul. Um, I've talked about it in our first two episodes of this week. It's kind of been, you know, um, a weird scheduling week. Not our typical, you know, Tuesday, Thursday type of thing, but uh, we've got to put it uh, put out the content, and, uh, and yeah. Uh, so, yeah, well, Paul, bringing him back on the show. Obviously, uh, this past weekend was the last regular season week in college football. Now we have championship week coming. So, E man, welcome back to the show. <laughs> Thank you, man. It was a wild rivalry week. Uh, not much movement in terms of, like, the playoff, which was interesting because I think some people were expecting a, an upset or two. But I knew that this weekend coming up was going to be the one that decided everything. Um, Bama had a crazy scare. We'll get into that. Um, I think that's an instant classic finish for that one. Um, but, you know, a lot of these teams taking care of business, obviously, um, uh, the game, Michigan, OU, uh, OSU, uh, huge deal, um, huge implications for the playoffs. Like I said, not too much movement uh, aside from the Ohio State loss, um, but it was exciting. Um, you know, it all comes down to this, man. No, for sure, bro. No, definitely, bro. It's, I think it's, like, even better for the sport, man, that we're at this point of the season. And there's still, like, uncertainty. I think it's, like, super, super cool. And I think it's also super cool that there's also, like, some unlikely opponents in these championship games that have, like, the potential to, like, you know, play a spoiler or make a big impact in one of these, like, great teams' is like seasons. You feel me? Yeah. Oh, and another thing people are appreciating, is this the last year of the four-team playoff? Like, if this, if it wasn't for, if it was a 12-team playoff, like, how they're supposed to do it coming up, there would be no movement because none of the teams that are like within, you know, nine through 14 or, or 15, none of those teams are playing. You know what I mean? Maybe Iowa, like if they were to somehow pull off the upset against Michigan, they could like probably take it to the 12 spot, I guess. But, you know, other than that, all, all those teams are completely, you know, static. You know, even if Bama were to lose against Georgia, let's just say, you know, they probably wouldn't drop out of the top 12. They might stay in the playoff. You know what I mean? So this is going to be, one of those last years that were there, these conference championships are really to be like at the top and to be in, like to be a top four team. 
people are going like, oh, but they're still playing for buys and whatever. I'm like, that's true, but it's completely different than, you know, trying to fight to just be in the thing, you know? Not for sure, man. No, it's definitely, yeah, a great point. You're right. Like, all the fans should enjoy it. And, uh, yeah. I, but yeah, it is crazy to think about, man. Cause, like, like, obviously, right now, it's like there's a couple of teams, if, if, you know, they win their games, they remain undefeated. Kind of not going to be, you know, any movement in the playoff. But, uh, yeah, like, like you said, when we go to next year, um, we wouldn't have to, there's it, like good and bad. You get me? Like you said, this excitement wouldn't be happening if it was a 12 team format, but also, um, if it was a 12-team format, some of these teams wouldn't have to, like, worry, you know, about not having a chance. So, it's, like, it's crazy how that works. But, but yeah, man, what what game do you want to get into first from last week? I just want to get out of the way. We can talk about Florida, Florida State. Okay. Um, crazy game in the swamp. Uh, I've gotten so much hate, not from my FSU people, but from other FSU people and from people on social media, which I should probably stay off until – next year when we beat them <laughs> okay. but um they deserve the right to talk you know talk smack they won um they won by nine points uh, i believe it was 24 15 with uh it being a very 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 close game until like you know like the last two minutes they scored a touchdown to put it away um there was a lot of lead changes in this one oh well not really honestly florida had there was a few florida went up 12-0 pretty early in the game in the first half and after that, they got they went on a 24-3 run for State. In the fourth quarter, I think Florida had like negative 10, 15 yards. I mean, just saying that, just saying that one stat, you I would have like I already told you who won this game, you know. Um, they had a good start. Uh, even got a safety, which to me is one of the biggest momentum boosters in like that you can, in football, you know what I mean. You get a safety, the crowd is going insane. You're getting the ball back. You just scored two points. It's super embarrassing for for the other team. You know, backup quarterback just got sacked for a safety. Like that cannot feel good. Um, and then you know, and then FSU ran it up. But at the end of the day, this was one of those games that you know, it's been a story for a lot of teams this season. I think it's not just Florida State, but it's also Bama. It's also Washington. These teams have these you know, upper echelon uh, squads by the throat. They have them, but they don't go for the kill. You know what I mean? They don't – they get too com- comfortable. The You know, Florida offense all year has been really conservative, something a lot of Gator fans are really upset about. And they just, you know, ran the ball a lot, and they were, like, comfortable with this 12-point lead. They thought that they could beat a top-five team by scoring one touchdown. Like, that's not going to happen. You know what I mean? Um, it's really not. Whether you have a backup quarterback or they have their backup quarterback, it's – you got to go at them like they're going to go at you because you can't get comfortable in a rivalry game. I don't care if you're in the swamp. I don't care what's, you know, what the stakes are, you know, what you're fighting for, what they're fighting for. You need to go all out. Uh, I don't think they did. I think Florida state towards the end did. They started dropping their nuts a little bit. Florida was scared to throw the ball, even though they Max Brown back of quarterback was looking good. Uh, Rotomaker, the quarterback from FSU had some flashes um, wasn't really impressed, but he did kind of what he needed to do. And so I'll give him credit for, I guess, for that. Um, you know, I'll give it to Florida State. Um, another reason they won this game, they didn't turn the ball over, which is sign of a disciplined team. Um, and that word discipline is brings a lot of thoughts to my head. So before I get into all that, uh, I just want to see what you have to say about this game, Rob. No, yeah, literally, bro, it's like, bro, if you, if you had to make like a carbon copy, 
of like U uh UM and all their disappointments. It's literally like what the Gators did in this game. It's all the like low IQ decisions by the players. It's the like you said conservative offensive play calling. It's the like yeah, just boneheaded bro decisions from coaching and players, man. It's totally. literally bro. <laughs> I know you like we we had talked about it. You had told me like you know you guys make a lot of low IQ decisions, but I promise you. I think a while the UM losses this year, same exact thing. And literally, you said something there that took me back to UM FSU. Um, like you said, you felt that like like Brown they weren't really letting him you know be a quarterback, right? Really letting him throw the ball, bro. UM FSU, oh, we, yeah. we were not letting Emory Williams be a quarterback in that game, bro. We're freaking uh, what's guy Shannon Dawson? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. How, I almost forgot his name. He was doing his beloved uh shotgun run up the middle and that uh, game and then oh it's the, towards the end of the game so not emory now you got to start passing in the, in the toughest moments of the game in your second career start man now yeah, yeah go ahead so literally bro yeah, literally how i feel about and now that you won losses how i feel about this gator one because like i think you guys clearly like should have won the game and like not taking anything away from fsu like you said they didn't turn over they executed I feel like, yeah, it's literally, when we come on here, bro, and I talk about a UM loss, it's like, bro, we have the better team, you know? We, yeah. we, had, the other, the, we had the game in our hands, and uh, at the end of the day, the other two teams just executed, and it wasn't stupid. And I think that's really what it came down to in this game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, all three of those teams, I think you could say, have, you know, great elite talent. I, I don't care. What like who? Which side you cheer for? Like those teams have talent on them. Whether it's being used correctly or not is a different conversation, right? Whether the coaches are the right coaches for those players is one thing, but all those teams have the talent to go up against almost every other team in the country. Um, it's just the coaching, man. Like there's a, a lot of things that need to get fixed. You know, for like you said for Miami, but for Florida uh, on the topic of the game, um, that guy who spit in the guy's face. Oh my, that total was- idiot. I that's mean, horrible, bro. That's, that's like, yeah. That's sorry. Well, yeah, no, no um, it's terrible. And then the, the that is it's it kind of had a flashback to the LSU the shoe game because oh. of like us literally throwing the game away at one point we had pretty much stopped them and we were going to get the ball back. I think our I think the momentum was shifting our way and we get a bonehead late hit targeting call on their quarterback. Um, which people will say it was dirty. I'll say it was stupid. I don't think it was meant to be dirty. I think it was just, I think it was just like, it's it's very tough. Like people were coming at me saying, oh, that was a really dirty hit, you know, whatever that he gave himself up. The guy was running full speed at the first down. There was no one near him. He was not slowing down, right? Like he was doing a, a dead sprint and two other guys are also doing a dead sprint towards him and he just gave himself up. It's hard to just ask a guy to just redirect himself or just stop. It's hard. It really is. And I think it could have been executed better. I think the tackling was a problem all game. But it was the worst moment to do a tackle like that. And he did give himself up. I don't know how much time he gave, but it was still a dumb play, I'll say. I don't think it was menacing. You know, I don't think they were headhunting, like some people might be saying. But uh, it was just a bonehead play, like bad coaching, bad discipline the spit um they, people are talking about trey wilson when he went like that to his coach another thing that i'm not too crazy like i'm not like too worked up about i don't think it's a big deal fsu fans are in my mentions saying wow look at this guy he has no class he has no you know he, he's like you know 
putting hands on his coach. Like, like let, this is football we're talking about, right? Like a team sport, like a contact sport that they're talking shit 24-7. They're, these guys are not, you know, giving each other high fives after every play. So, like, there's stuff going on that we don't hear on the broadcast. So, you know, let these kids play. Um, the coaching at Florida needs to get their stuff together. I know I've talked a lot about Florida, and I that's a for personal thing. But FSU, I got to commend them for getting it done on the road when they had a lot of doubters. They really are the team that everyone wants to lose the most. They've become the villain, and I don't know how because – Georgia exists, Michigan exists, right? Um, probably those two are, the, you know, the teams that people probably hate the most right now, Bama obviously too. But, you know, they're winning and, and people don't think they should be in the position they're at. They, they, they've they played who's in front of them. That's all That's all they could do. Their schedule is weak, I'll, I will admit that, but they've played who's in front of them and they've beaten them. And you can't take that away from them. So I commend them. Another perfect season. Um, they climbed out of that trench they were in. That seemed like it was going to last for forever. So, you know, something that, uh, you know, their fans really toughed it out. I'll give it to them. Not for sure. Yeah, and quickly to talk about that, like, targeting call. I agree with you. When I was watching, I was like, it was just, like, stupid. It wasn't, like, yeah, intentional to, like, hurt the guy. But it was just, like, bro, ah, trust me. I, I feel you, bro, 100%. You know how many times have I talked to you about, all the, like, the low IQ moves I see here, so. Trust me, I feel you, but definitely, bro, FSU. Um, I think a big thing, like Mike Norvell, it seems like he, he assembled the perfect like coaching staff around him. I think that's something that doesn't get talked about enough. I always talk about that with Alabama all these years, man. I talk about all the coaches that Saban's had around him. And um, if you don't have those assistants, man, like no matter how great you are, like, man, you're never going to – you're not going to uh, – how, how do I say it? Yeah, like take that next step, you know? Yeah, take that next step, exactly. So, I think that's, like, the, literally the biggest issue with Florida and Miami. So, yeah, but anything else, bro, in that game or anything with Florida? No, you know, um, there's changes need to be made, and if they're not, Bill Napier can kiss his job goodbye. Um, we have the one of the hardest schedules I've ever seen in my entire life for 2024, so Fuck. he picked a bad year to stake his career on at Florida. So, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Got you, bro. Um I'll, I'll talk about Miami now, like, but really quickly, I honestly, I didn't, I wasn't able to see the whole game. I only mm-hmm. saw the first half, but it's cool to see, you know, we end the regular season with a win um, against Boston College. Uh, we won by a lot, actually. I thought it was going to be a, I remember that the line that day were fa- favored by 10. And I was like, I don't know, like we could win, but I thought it was going to be like a field goal game and we kicked that. So, you know, that's cool to see. And you see the improvement from year one to year two. We finished, you know, last year with five wins, now seven wins, and a chance to make it eight with a bowl, a bowl game win. And um, now nah, it was cool, you know. Tyler Van Dyke is uh now, you know, officially his final game as a Hurricane. He threw for like two hundred ninety nine yards, a couple touchdowns, man. So at least, you know, obviously his his career here didn't um end or go like how we all thought it would at the beginning. But I mean, it was cool after the game, you know. Cristobal said like he was proud of how he, you know finish the season and um oh yeah with that said I haven't mentioned it but yeah Van Dyke transferred it's transferring and yeah, yeah. so that's why I said it's his last game but I mean you know like all you could do really is in that situation final game bro they won just gotta be happy for the guys man they could have easily given up a lot of them you know had tra- uh, transfer portal on their mind they could have been not even like you know give it 
they're out when they really knew like this is gonna be their final game with Miami. So, you know, you gotta give respect and yeah, finish with a win. And it's it's cool to see. But uh, besides that, like I said, yeah, Van Dyke, you know, he's transferring. I think now is expected. Um, because uh, I mean, he he literally started the last couple of games because Emory Williams got hurt against FSU. Um, and it's crazy. Not for our bowl game. We're going to be having our, our third starting quarterback of the season, uh, Ja'Curry Brown. He was a true freshman last year. And he actually, when Van Dyke got, went down last year, he was the starter for, like, I think the second half of the season. And, I mean, the guy was a true freshman. It was a, a terrible offensive line last year. It was, like, a bad situation. Obviously, this year, you know, the improvements in the offensive line are tremendous, the run game, everything. But then the day, like, I don't know what to expect of the guy. Because, I mean, he hasn't played one snap this year. So, I mean, I don't think people should really be, like, judging him, whether he, he bro, throws for 90 yards and an interception or 300 yards and three touchdowns. Like, it's one game. Uh, so, yeah, I'm just going to be, you know, rooting for them in their bowl game, man. And oh, and quickly, too, I know yesterday Cristobal got a huge recruit, a defensive lineman who was uh, committed to Ohio State, flipped him to Miami. I think he, he's, like, what is he, a top 10 or top 15 recruit in the he, he, he might be a top five and a, you know top 10 recruit i'm sorry top 10 and uh, another thing shout out to uh, ruben bain true freshman defensive tackle yesterday he was named the acc uh, defensive rookie of the year and it was well deserved man uh like i said true freshman he's our best defensive tackle man and i want to say the last 15 years around there like he He's so impressive. He um he went to Central for high school, so he's a Miami guy. Uh-huh. He decided to stay at home, and you know, UM on social media posted that nice video of Crystal Ball, you know, letting him know that he won, and it was so cool. They're both like emotional, and uh, a a quick story. Ruben Bain actually uh he said when Crystal Ball recruited him that Crystal Ball actually told him he's like, "Hey, you're gonna be the ACC Defensive Rookie of the Year." So I thought that was a really cool moment. Um, and seeing them like hug and embrace, and you know, seeing Cristobal like so happy for one of um one of his players, man. I'm yeah. With that said, I'm just excited, man. To see what Mario's done in two years, man. I'm I'm super excited. I can't wait for next year, honestly. And uh, yeah. <laughs> oh man, you should you should be definitely taking some strides in the right direction. Let's see who you guys get paired for in the bowl game. But I like what you said. Like take that. Uh, performance with a grain of salt. Yeah. Um, thing about bowl games, like no one cares about them, quote unquote, right? Like they're meaningless or whatever. But but they will leave a really good or really bad taste in your mouth for the rest of the off season. So for sure. Um, and uh, yeah, now we're gonna see. Uh, you know, is Emory Williams gonna be healthy? I don't know if he'll be ready for week one. Um, are one of these guys in the transfer portal are gonna come here? Um, we'll see. But yeah, man. Uh. What, what do you want? You want to talk about uh, Michigan, Ohio State now? Absolutely. This is another one. This game, you know, Rob, this game broke records for like viewership. Oh, damn. I didn't even know. I, think, I don't know. I think it had more, the most viewers of a college football, I think at least regular season game since 2011 Bama LSU. I think it was oh. like, I don't remember what the number was. It was either 19 or 11 mil. I, I know it's a big gap, but it was like, I remember it being something like that. Um, regardless, most watched game in college football in the regular season since 2011. Yeah. It was worth it. Awesome game. You know, we got Michigan again without Jim Harbaugh coming in. 
at home against Ohio State. Both of them, you know, this is pretty much a playoff game, right? Whoever wins gets Iowa and most likely wins that game. And is it uh, Michigan had won it two times before, and Ryan Day picks up his third straight loss against the Wolverines after, you know, his predecessor, uh, Urban Meyer, was like 7 0, I want to say, yeah. against them. I saw a stat that, or not Urban, I'm sorry, Ryan Day has, I think his record is like, He's won like 50-something and lost seven games. Yeah. And the seven games he's lost, three of them are to Michigan. Three of them are in the college football playoff. And one was in the regular season. So he has like 50-something wins and one loss in the regular season. And that loss was to Oregon a year or two back, I remember. Um, random game. And, you know, it's just people are like are saying, man, like if Michigan could do it without Harbaugh, who the hell's going to stop them when they have him? You know, like I said, like we've talked about it in the past few weeks. They're a player-led team. They're battle-tested. Um, they're the real deal. They looked really good. They got that last that interception late in the game to seal it out. Um, their run game is looking crazy. J.J. McCarthy's doing what he needs to do. Um, and, yeah, I mean, honestly, they're the team to beat right now. I feel like they're the team that everyone – I think they have the biggest target on their back right now, bigger than Georgia, and that sounds – Kind of weird to say it, but they are. Nah, it's true. Yeah, especially with the whole scandal. I think that's really, sure. you know, put the biggest target. But, you yeah, know, it looks like they're clicking on all cylinders. And like you said, when Harbaugh's back, like, how much better can they be? It's pretty scary, right, for the rest of the yeah, yeah. country, I would say. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, if they could do it without him. I mean, what, he's there to be worse with him? I doubt it. Um, I mean, they've, they've already played, like, I think they've played the majority of the games this year. Yeah, they've played seven out of 12 games with him not being there because he was suspended. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't even know what to make of that. Nah, it <laughs> sounds dysfunctional. Nah, it's wild for sure. Um, yeah. Not quickly on Harbaugh, bro. Like, this is, like, kind of random, but it just came to my mind. Um, do you have a prediction or a feeling on whether you think he'll stay there, like, through this year, or he'll head over to the NFL again? It, well... It obviously depends on like what the punishment is, right? You know, like I think that has a huge factor is a huge factor in this because if they somehow get rid of him, they get rid of him. But I wouldn't be surprised if there's some probation or whatnot. I don't uh, like it depends, right? It, if they give him a a decent probation, like a one to two year probation or what whatnot, I say he'd probably stay. If it's longer than that, I wouldn't be surprised if he dipped. He's there always is talk about him leaving. Even when he does bad, when he does good, every single year. So, you know, I don't. I try not to pay attention to it too much because I feel like it gets boring after a while. Um, you know, ruminating about whether he's gonna stay or leave. But, um, I mean, he's built Michigan to back to prominence to like a premier college football powerhouse, and you can't tell me otherwise. Not for sure. Yeah, no. I just I wanted to bring it up quickly because yeah, I know there's been like rumblings, but yeah, to me, like the biggest thing right now is like. Bro, he's focused on winning a national championship. Like, I, like why? I, I don't know. I just feel that takes away from, like, what the team is doing. And uh, actually, this super this might be super random to people. But it brings me to, like, last season in the NBA, right? The Heat, you know, we make the finals. And throughout that final, like, before the finals began, it was all like, oh, oh my, are they going to trade for Littered in the offseason? Are they going to uh, let Vincent and Struess go? Like, bro, like, we're in the finals right now. Enjoy the moment. So that's kind of how I feel. About Michigan, like, man, like, give this team their flowers, man. Look what they're doing. It's not like a normal team. So, 
I just think it's, yeah, some media BS. And I think just focus on, man, what, what this team is doing. So, yeah. Yeah, no, it's impressive. I mean, I think Ohio State can go toe-to-toe with any team in the country. So, um, and this this game doesn't really tell me otherwise. People are like, oh, Ryan Day can't win the big ones. I, I don't think – I mean, I get that to a certain extent, but he definitely – they have the tools to do it. He's a good – he's a great head coach, I'd say. Um, you know, the, the expectations are different over there. And, and they should be, right? The expectations should be different. But they kept it close for a while. I know they, they're not going for, you know, um, those moral wins or whatnot. But, you know, they kept it close after that injury to that Michigan O-lineman. It reminded me a lot of that Penn State game when that there was, like, that call that happened. Blake Corm just, like, 20, 25-yard run. And, you know, kind of silences Ohio State, kind of puts them on their back, and, and they never got up. Um, you know, after that, I feel like Michigan pretty much put it away. They're um, – I think people are starting to say that there's fire on uh, Ryan Day's seat right now. Like, his seat's getting hot. I wanted to know what you thought about that. Yeah, I was going to say, for me, like, I understand, like, people, you, you know, like, you want to beat your biggest, <laughs> you want to win the big game. But, like, like realistically, I, like, I don't know, to me, it's like, is there really a, a coach that you could bring in that's going to do a better job than what he's been doing? Like, you literally, you said his record, it's like, bro, like, the majority of teams, like, bro, we would be, like, bro, do anything to have a coach that, that does that for us, for our program. So, it's like, and, and it's true what you said. They have higher expectations as they, as they should. But, I don't know, to me, I just don't, I really don't feel there's, like, another coach that will do a better job. But, I mean, I do understand, you know, you want to win a championship. That's the main goal at the end of the day. So, I, I understand both sides, man. Yeah, I think the main argument from Ohio State fans is, like, most coaches can do what he does at Ohio State, like yeah. with the resources, with the talent. They're like, not that anyone could do it, but a lot of people could do what he's doing. So why don't we just try something else? Because this is not working, which I'll counter by saying doesn't always happen the way you think it's going to happen, right? Jim Harbaugh couldn't beat Ohio State for the life of him, and now you guys are sucking him off, That right. like acting like he can't lose to Ohio State. Meanwhile, he couldn't beat them for a while. Oh, oh, it's because of Ryan Day. It's because of Ryan Day. Like, Jim Harbaugh wasn't even at the game. You know what I mean? Like, stop, you know, so it was – it's a lot. You can unpack this for, for you know, hours. But uh, it's definitely fun to talk about. Um, I don't know why Ohio State is ranked as high as they are still after that loss. But we'll get into that when we get into our, our you know, playoff talk. Got you, man. All right. Now, um, you want to move on to some, like, Heisman talk? Yeah, no, before we do, I just want to mention the Auburn Bama game. If you guys oh, have not, if you guys have not, yeah, yeah, my bad. It's just, that's, yeah, man. I think that this is one of those games that is like this, this is one of those games that really excites me because, uh, like, I love talking about games like this because everyone is, everyone, I was, what was I saying about, I was about Florida State. Everyone's got a chance to step on their necks and to, Put them away for good, you know, and the dynasty and all these other things. Texas did it. Don't get me wrong. Texas won against Bama, but um, what was it? Texas A&M could have done it. Uh, there was a couple other teams, that, a couple other SEC teams that had their chances and they just couldn't. Um, Auburn, I mean, it's the Iron Bowl, bro. It's the Iron Bowl. Who, did you really think this game was going to be close? Yes. I mean, it was going to be a, an ass whooping? No way. Uh, Auburn kept it close. It was in Jordan Hare. Like, Bama never 
has taken their best teams in there and lost or like won by like a touchdown or last second thing. So I, I was expecting this to be a close one. I, Bama, I mean, they, they gave me a scare of a lifetime, bro. It was a fourth and 16 or 17, uh, whatever it was, just, you know, prayer that guy was somehow open in the corner of the end zone. You know, Jalen Melrose dropped his nuts and, um, and yeah, I mean, before I get more into it, I just want to know what you had to say about it, Rob. Bro, I was literally screaming, bro. I was... <laughs> Me too. Me too. <laughs> I, man, like, Jalen Miro, I think, such a cool story, man. That's, like, a guy to, like, kind of, you know, like, look up to. Because, like, just, like, a few weeks ago, bro, beginning of the season, everyone, after, like, a game or two, everyone was like, oh, no, he's not the guy for them. He can't be yep. a quarterback of Alabama. They're never going to win with him. And, bro, what he did on that play is, like, Man, I like I don't know how to describe describe it because, man, and, and I, you know a lot of times there's these like famous moments, right? Like uh, in any sport, we're like, oh, these people got lucky, you know? They threw up a last second prayer, but not, bro. That was one of the most like accurate passes, man, I've seen in a while. And like you said, it was like fourth, and, it was fourth and goal, but like yeah, from the sixteen or seventeen, and bro, what what a pass! That was not. a terrible pass, like like literally perfect. And the receiver, I, I can't remember his name right now, but. I want to mention oh, something. Yeah, Isaiah Bond. There you go, Bond, Bond. Okay. Uh, what I love, too, when he, uh, after he caught the ball, I was telling my dad, I'm like, hey, this guy stepped up, man. He had big shoes to fill, wearing 17 at Alabama. Jalen Waddle, man. He had to he had to do it. So I, that, that was cool to see another 17, <laughs> like, baller receiver. But, uh, man, Jalen Milrow, I couldn't be, like, happier for him, man. Like, I don't know how, like, how you can, like, root for people like that, bro. Um. Yeah, and aside from that, bro, like I was looking after the game when he was interviewed, bro. That guy's a freaking like wall, bro. Like it, right. his arm, like oh shit, like whatever. That doesn't matter to me. Like as a whatever, you could be the biggest guy, the smallest guy, but like I don't know. That just caught my eye. I hadn't really noticed his arms and everything, but um, but yeah, man. Just like I couldn't be more impressed with Milro and bro. They're able to beat Georgia, like. Like we we gave our predictions last week for for the whatever championship game, but man, I, I man, after seeing what they did on that second play, like I I don't know. I think Milrow's gonna like go crazy and have like a historic performance, whether they win or not against Georgia. I think it's gonna be like an incredible game. And uh I couldn't be happier for him, for Milrow and, and also Nick Saban, man, to see the joy. Um super happy for him, bro. So yeah, like like to see Nick Saban even, you know, smiling, man, and like he was so happy. You could tell for Milro and the guys, so it's so cool to see. Yeah, no, it was you know, and people like I think they tend to forget this is his only only his first season at quarterback playing for Alabama. I mean, he's you know he's in his first year playing. It's unbelievable. Uh, I remember the beginning of the season he had a that you know the game against Texas. Everyone's like he's not the guy. And was the dynasty's over. And then to have that USF game, which was like the weirdest game I've ever seen, um, you know, trying out the other two quarterbacks, seeing how that works. And they said, you know what? Milrose is our number one option for better, for worse, right? Um, and they they stuck with him and they built the offense around him. They played it to his strength. He was saying he's a freaking tank. I mean, Kirby Smart was comparing him to uh, to Lamar Jackson, like um, not on steroids, but I'll say on steroids. <laughs> um, I don't think he does steroids. I think he's just... Oh, freak of nature but you know Kirby was like kind of like talking about they were asking him about like comparison with Tebow and whatnot and he was like no he's like Lamar Jackson like but like built so like I would say like almost like a cross between Tebow and Tebow like just the way he ran was like 
he's just gonna run you over. Milro yeah. is more like like I'm gonna run past you and I will like you know stiff arm you if I have to. Like imagine if like Jaden Daniels had the muscle that Jalen Milro had. Like yeah. I don't even know what type of athlete that would be. You know, like he could probably play whatever sport he wanted to. Um, you know, I think we're kind of like you know slobbering on this guy a little bit, but he, I mean, awesome performance. He earned it. Um, he earned all this. Uh, <laughs> he earned this slobber. Yeah, he <laughs> Bro, but, but he did. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah, man. It was a it was a hard fought win. It's never easy at Jordan Hare for Bama. So people are looking at Bama like, oh, you know, if they did that against some, you know, Auburn just lost. They got embarrassed by New Mexico State. How's Bama gonna be Georgia's like, dude? Please, yeah. like, please yeah. listen to yourself. Like, how do you how do you doubt saving like time and time like all these people? You know, <laughs> I mean, when's the last time they were like a real underdog for like the whole season? You know what I mean? I don't I think mean, it's been a time. <laughs> I don't know. I don't I mean, remember. I mean, I don't even know. I mean, since I can't since Sab- before Saban was there, I had to have been. I mean, really. Yeah, before Saban. So, so, I mean, that's we're talking over a decade and a half. So, don't, don't sleep on them, man. You, you guys already know how me and Rob feel about Bama, but we could talk about that all day. Not 100%, but, oh, man. Yeah, just an incredible freaking job, bro. Holy crap. But, uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, man. Any other thoughts on that, bro? No, no. Um, you know, I, I don't I don't really have too much thoughts on that. You know, Auburn played the tails off, and I, I know it, it hurt them to lose that game, but. That's how it works, man. That's football. Got him next year. Pretty sure, bro. But yeah, you, know, you want to move on to some Heisman talk? Yeah, let's do it. All right, bro. So I know you're telling me Bo Nix. All right, it's Bo Nix, Jaden Daniels, and Michael Penix, right? The favorite. Yeah, in that order. Bo Nix and Jaden Daniels. Um, really, really close in the race. So yeah, the yeah, like you said, Rob, it's uh, Bo Nix and Jaden Daniels are the guys on top. Uh, pretty separated from Michael Penix in terms of odds. Um, but those are the clear, you know, like, you know, favorites, like the finalists. Um, you know, you got even Milro and Carson Beck, are, you know, are the next, you know, odds best favorite, like favorites to, to win it. They pretty much have no no shot. Um, this, I mean, I think everyone already knows how who we think should be the Heisman uh, Trophy winner at this point. I think it should be Jaden Daniels, but. A lot of it is going to come boiling down to the Pac-12 championship game, Rob. Uh, what do you think? No, I'm definitely with you there. And I do think, like, that for those of you who, who listened to us last week, you guys know I have Oregon in the championship. And I, so, I mean, I think Oregon's going to do it. Um, so, yeah, right. I think it could easily come up to, yeah, to what you just said. Yeah, Daniels, you know, he has all the numbers, all the historic performances he's had this year. But then, like, Nick's, yeah, it's, like, he's putting up numbers, but also, like, he has one of the top teams in the country, so it's like, I honestly I see both sides. I'm not gonna lie, cause like, yeah. like I said, historical stuff from Daniels, but then also like, man, Nick's man, the impact he's had like, like overall on the team, like having success is like incredible too. What, what do you think about that? No, and I would be what a a story that'd be if, if Bo Nix went to Auburn. I mean, went to went from Auburn to Oregon and won the Heisman. I mean, that'd be. Just, you know, they make a Disney movie about that. A Disney Plus That's incredible. Movie. But incredible. yeah, no, like, uh, I would be happy. I'll be ecstatic for the guy. It really boils down to him. You know, people say, oh, it's Knicks versus Penix. But those guys are never going to be on the field at the same time, right? Like, they're not really going against each other. But yeah. whoever whoever's, whoever dominates that game and the team wins, 
to me, probably will shoot up to being the favorite. Um, the only way Jaden Daniels really has a shot at this point in the season, because like you said, he's not in the conference championship, is if the game is just like a dud or just like a running game, you know, they, you know, it's a snooze fest. It, it's, it's possible. Like, it could happen. It could be just a really good defensive game and, and uh, they throw a couple picks or whatnot. Um, you know, it's hard to tell right now. It's uh, it's one of the closest Heisman races we've had, it feels like, in a while, though. For sure. Because you even think about last year, and it was like, oh, Caleb Williams, like, everyone was kind of saying it, you know, like the majority yeah. of them. So, um, but yeah, if, if you had to, like, bro, pick, I don't know, I guess make a prediction right now. Who, oh, no, you, okay, you said Daniels, okay. You would probably say Nick's, I mean, based on your uh, Oregon yeah. to the championship prediction. Yeah, yeah, but, but like I said, I also understand Daniels, you know. It's, it's not just like, oh, he's having a regular season, you know, putting up numbers. Like, like historical yeah. stuff, even like matching Joe Burrow. That, and you think of that season with Joe Burrow, that was like arguably the best offense, you know, of all time, like up there. So, bro, I, I, yeah, I literally see – I'm like split, honestly. I'm just like, it's tough, man. <laughs> it could be a close one, man. Uh, Jaden Daniels, you know – People were saying, like, oh, they have three losses. How could he win the Heisman? Like, there's been plenty of Heismans that have won it with, like, no. three losses. Tebow did it. Mar Jackson did it. Uh, I think uh, Johnny Manziel definitely did it. Go to proper sandwich. You know what I mean? Like, and those are all Hall of Famers, first of all, are just, like, uh, transcendent football players. Um, and their teams were, were good, but they weren't, you know. Oh, Robert Griffin, the third. Uh, RG3 was another one. You know what I mean? Like, these are just – Unbelievable player. So it's possible. Don't, don't just because of that doesn't mean it's impossible for this to happen. Now, one more point actually for Daniel. So like supports him, I think is like, yeah, from the games I did watch of LSU, like, like I think this is a, something to bring up is like, where, where would they be without him? You get me? If he wasn't there, yeah. like realistically, how many would they be like even a both, uh, both team? I don't, I don't think that's like a guarantee. So I think his impact too. I actually, yeah, his impact, bro, might be just as impactful as Knicks. Uh, I think Oregon just might have the better team. They, I think, yeah, they do have the better team. No, LSU, LSU got to switch cheese defense. He, you know, <laughs> Jaden Daniels can't play DB too. Like if he could, he probably would, but he can't. You know, and, they need. And then Oregon's defense, defense is freaking yeah. See, yeah, so. exactly. Right. So you so, can't believe, you can't fault him for their horrible defense, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. No, of course. Yeah. No, honestly, yeah. It's gonna be crazy, but all right, man. What you want to transition out of some like championship week uh, talk? Some of these games coming up. Yeah, man, absolutely. What do you want to start with? I mean, you want to start? Uh, you want to make picks, or you want to oh, yeah. talk about last week's picks, or um... oh, yeah, let, let's do that. Let's let's go over our picks for last week, and then we'll make our picks for like championship week and talk a little about that. Sounds good. So yeah, all right. So last week, I know you you kicked ass, right? You went eight and two. Yes, sir. Let's go. Yeah, I went five and five. So, yeah, right there, five hundred. <laughs> no, man, that's that's why I'm here, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, literally, not for sure, bro. Um, but yeah, no, I had um, like I said, five and five. Um, Louisville. I know. Yeah, you picked Louisville against Kentucky. I picked them too, and Kentucky ends up beating Louisville. And of course, Louisville this coming week is gonna face off against FSU and Charlotte. The ACC championship. So, yeah, any quick thoughts on that game? That happened. Um, that was a great segue. Um, Louisville, man, they they just blew the, their season twice. Um, props to them for making it to this game. 
Um, they have a weak schedule, so they, they, I was expecting it since the beginning of the season that they have a, a very legitimate chance to do this, and good for them. Um, I think Florida State pulls it out. Don't think this is going to be a pretty game. The line on this game is Florida State, negative two. That tells you that it's like pretty much a safety game they have in the set. Um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if it's uh, if it's competitive, but I think it'll be like, you know, all of the – like not all of but a lot of the rest of Florida State's games – Against, you know, bigger teams, they just edge them towards the end. Uh, Seven-point win, three- or four-point win. I wouldn't be surprised. It'd be a shock to me if it was a more than two-possession win for Florida State. I'm with you. Yeah, I think Florida State will, like, handle business and, you know, win another close game. I do think they're, like, the better team, like, based off what I've seen this season. I think, you know, they're obviously the better team. And uh, I think the really it's going to come down to whether or not, you know, the – I'm I'm flipping on his name right now. FSU's quarterback. What's his name again? Uh, Rotomaker or Travis? No, uh, Buttermaker. What is it? Buttermaker. Rotomaker. Rotomaker. My bad. Um, I think it's gonna come down to whether or not he like turns the ball over or not. I think that it could easily come down to that. Like, if he's able to do what he did against Florida, you know, like mm-hmm. manage the game good enough, not don't make any like stupid decisions. Um, I think FSU should be fine. But, yeah, if there are, let's say, an, an interception or two and then maybe a fumble, it's like, oh, crap, like, Louisville may actually, like, have a chance to pull it off because, like, what I've seen from both of those is that Louisville, although they're not the best team, I think they're, like, very well coached and uh, they execute. They, they don't do a lot of, like, like um what do you call it, low IQ mistakes. Uh, so that's something that's on their side. So I think, yeah, it could really come down to whether or not FSU, like, takes care of the bar. And that's really my, like, feeling right now. You feel me? Yeah, no, let's see how aggressive they get because, you know, they need to win this game to move on. But at the same time, they, if they win this game, they're in the playoff. They're not going to have they, – what, they're going to be conservative in the playoff? Like, they got to let the guy do his thing, you know? So when's it going to happen? When is he going to get the wings, you know, free, I guess? So. That's a great point, yeah, because like you said, yeah, that is a hell of a point, bro. Because, yeah, if you wait till the playoff for, to let him loose and give him his chance, it's probably like, bro, like you're, you're setting him up for, like, disaster. Like, so – Nah, that is a great point too, and like I said, man, like Louisville is like yeah, something about them they're they're not a dumb team, man. And I really do love like uh um their coach. Like I I don't know, I'm really high on their coach. I think he's like very underrated. Um, but yeah, um, yeah. What what other matchup you want to talk about, bro? Yeah. Um, honestly, I mean, there's a lot we could talk about. I want to talk about Oregon Washington right now because um, this is just you know a rematch of a. Awesome game we had in Seattle earlier in the year. Um, both teams haven't lost a game since. Uh, you know, they were on a collision course all year pretty much. Uh, number five, Oregon versus number three, Washington. Would you believe me if I told you Oregon's favored by 10 points in this game? Holy crap. Like, I, I haven't mm-hmm. won, but I, I, wow, that's crazy. I thought maybe the max take like, a touchdown. I don't know. I wouldn't be shocked, but wow. You want to know something? Wow. <laughs> I think they cover. Okay. No, I, bro, I, think I, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, you know I'm high on them, so I wouldn't be surprised, but that's a big line. For a oh, it is for, like, for a championship, for sure, 100%. But, um, yeah. Wow, I didn't. I had no idea about that yeah. line. <laughs> nah, it's crazy. Um, so, yeah, what, do you, what, do you, what would you say is, like, going to be the key, like, factor um, into, like, um, which team wins, like, this game? I mean, obviously, we have to talk about slowing down both of these quarterbacks. Um, but I remember, like, everyone's – I promise you, if you listen to any college football show, everyone's going to be talking about, again, 
they didn't learn their lesson. They're going to be talking about Knicks versus Penix. What happened last game? It was the running game that really decided the game and dictated this game. Dylan Johnson on Washington. Oregon, um, can't remember the name of the running back right now. Dude's a stud. Yeah, uh, um, Irving, eh? uh, Bucky Irving, sorry. Um, and, and so it's going to be, I think, their face-off, you know, even though they're not on the field at the same time, like I said, um, is going to decide this game. Who could, who could stop the run? And, uh, you know, oh, like, well, you're saying you're going to force the other team to pass? Like, no, like, let's just see who can stop the run is what I'm trying to tell you because both of these teams, you know, thrive on complementary football. If you don't let them do that, then, then it's going to shake up their whole game plan and whatnot. So that's what I'm looking out for. Um, I have a feeling it's going to be a high-scoring game, um, but I do think Oregon is going to is going to take care of business. They're the hot. They're one of the hottest teams in the country, and Washington has been like limping to this point. So uh, I think they're due to get their asses kicked. Give me give me the Ducks. Got you. Nah, I'm going with the Ducks too. You guys know how I feel about them, and. Uh... Nah, this is a great point, though, yeah, because, yeah, yeah, you're at the first matchup of the year was a, a running back battle, and I think a big thing, too, is, like, these coaches rather have, you know, the running backs beat them than the, than the quarterbacks. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I'm going with the Ducks there, too, though, for sure. Nah, yeah, I think it's going to be uh, it's gonna be an interesting one. Um, <sighs> neutral field, man. It's in Vegas. Crazy Ooh. things happen in Vegas, man. Oh, nice. Nah, it should be fun for sure. I'm looking at t- apparently on ESPN it says tickets low as low as twenty seven dollars. That doesn't make sense to me. Wow, there's that's no cool. way there's tickets that low. <laughs> that's incredible. I mean, yeah, can we just like look into flights right now, Rob? Like, <laughs> please. I that's- see some pretty decent tickets for like in the fifties and whatnot. That's that's honestly insane, and that stadium looks awesome. So, for if you're sure. in the area, please go buy a ticket. For sure, nah, that sounds freaking amazing. Like a hell of a deal, um, yeah, really quickly. So I see in these picks here, like, like Oregon and Washington is the second matchup. The first one, like, I don't know if you wanna go into it, but you could just like name your pick. It's a like Conference USA Championship, New Mexico State at ten and three facing off against number twenty four Liberty at twelve and zero. Who who do you have there? Yeah, Liberty is looking for a potential New York Six Bowl with a win here. Like it's uh it's within the realm of possibilities. But I picked against the Aggies last week after they had just been in Auburn and they, they took care of business. That was one of my only losses. They beat Jacksonville State. I'm not going to make the same mistake twice to so give me the Aggies. Got you. All right. I'm going to go with the Aggies too, actually. Go with the underdog here. Um, Yeah, that'll be huge. They're able to be, you know, conference champions. Who, who would have thought? Yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> but um, another matchup here is uh, number 18, Oklahoma State. Against number seven Texas, um, Oklahoma State at nine and three, and Texas at eleven and one for the Big Twelve championship game. Um, obviously Texas is one of those teams like uh, a lot of people feel. You know, if they win this, they're pretty. They have a good chance of getting in. Um, but yeah, what do you think, bro, about this matchup? <laughs> no, this is a this is an interesting matchup. Like you know, it. I feel like it's usually Oklahoma State that has like everything to lose, and they just blow it. But right now it's Texas and it's against Oklahoma State. Um, you know, a lot of people were doubting Mike Gundy at the beginning of the season. I think they had 18 of their starters transfer, Rob. To me, to me, I think this is the most impressive coaching job I've seen, especially in the Big 12. Um, you know, we're talking about, you know, his one of his uh, 
Spencer Sanders, starting quarterback, transfers to Ole Miss to not even play. I mean, think about that. How do you, like, just recover from that? Like, how embarrassing must that feel? And you go on and you go 9-3 and three and you're playing for a chance to win the Pac-12 championship. I mean, the Big 12 championship game, excuse me. Um, props to Gundy and his staff and everyone who's uh, stuck around on the Cowboys. With all that said, give me Sark. Give me Texas. They're the real deal this year. They uh, Even if they don't make it, they are a playoff-worthy team this year. So give me Texas. Got you. No, I love what you said there about Gundy. You know? I, I didn't I didn't know there were so many guys that left. So yeah. definitely, bro, impressive and not amazing to hear. But, yeah, actually, I'm going to go with Gundy and Oklahoma State. Oh. I know they had, like, their, you know, I would say their um, ups and downs this year. Um, at certain points, they looked like, like, you know, they're, oh, they're all right. You know, they're, like, mediocre. But then they had, like, some runs where they're, like, you're, like, damn, they can really compete with anyone. So, obviously, it's going to depend on which Cowboy team comes up. But, I don't know, after everything you said there, they they sound, they sound like the ultimate underdogs from the beginning of the season to now. And then I know Texas, like, they've been great. But I also know, like, they've had, just like Washington, they've had certain games where they, you know, kind of look kind of shaky. And um, I don't know. Just gonna go to Oklahoma State. I don't know. <laughs> no man, they imagine they go from losing to um South Alabama at home earlier in the season to then beating Texas in the Big Twelve championship game. Like you can't, you can't script these things. That's why people lose money gambling on sports. Hundred percent. That's incredible. Uh, Crazy. Of, all right, the next matchup here is the for the MAC championship: Miami of Ohio at ten and two against Toledo at eleven and one. Um, I'm actually I'm gonna go with Toledo here. Um, I know actually I know one of their linebackers like or I, I used to know him. He is a Pace, uh, alumni and uh, yeah, he's a linebacker there for Toledo. I think they have a pretty good offense. I've seen like some clips of some of their games and yeah, I'm gonna go with Toledo there. Um, against Miami of Ohio. Did you know that Toledo right outside of their stadium they have a statue of a rocket, and if you look the coordinates. And like the angle and the direction of it are supposed to, if you were to fire the rocket, it would land exactly on Bowling Green State's 50 yard line. What the heck? Yeah, that's, that's just called, that's college football for you, man. That, for that reason, give me Toledo. <laughs> Bro, that's freaking hilarious. I, oh, I yeah. know. It's so random. That's crazy. All right. So the next matchup for the Mountain West Championship. You have Boise State at seven and five against I think one of the you know most unlikely stories, bro. UNLV at nine and three, and I'm gonna go with the Rebels here. I think they're gonna continue their you know impressive season and yeah win their conference championship, bro. What what do you think? I think that you uh were looking at my picks because <laughs> I also have the Rebs finishing out the season with a with a you know some hardware. Boise State. Uh, struggled a little bit towards the beginning and middle of this year, but they've climbed back into that Mountain West Championship where they belong. Give me the Rebels, though. Uh, close one. Got you. Of course, next up, we ready. We we talked, you know, a little bit about Alabama um, and Georgia. But, yeah, you have any other thoughts, bro, on the SEC Championship? Number one. Yeah, the, <laughs> for sure. The biggest thought I have, man, is, is this the game that Carson Beck cracks? He has been absolutely on fire. Like, I cannot – we talked about Milrow being in his first year as a starter. So has Carson Beck, and I have not seen the guy flinch. It's unbelievable. It's been seamless. I have to commend Georgia for that. But, you know, is this going to be that game? If it's not, 
I don't see Georgia losing. It's hard to see them losing. Um, but I do have Bama as, like, to me, the most dangerous team in college football. Them with a chip on their shoulder is the scariest thing you could see, you can be facing up against. Um, like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if Georgia won this one. This is, like, to me, pretty 50-50. Um, but give me Bama with a chance to get into the playoff. I'm with you. You guys are ready, you know, for I'm all in with Bama for sure. Uh, yeah, no, I do think it's going to be, you know, a close game. I don't think it's going to be any blowout or nothing like that. No, no. But I don't know. I'm just, the last couple of weeks, I'm just feeling Bama more. And uh, after that, yeah, that clutch win against Auburn, I think even for Jalen Milro, like even for his confidence, like that's a tremendous boost, I think, too. And uh, yeah, going with Alabama too, bro. Nick Saban. <laughs> Absolutely. Whoever wins this one deserves to be in. I- I'm sorry. You can't tell me the winner of this game is not a top two team in college football. Cannot tell me otherwise. 100%. No, I know. It's crazy to me. I know there's people saying, oh, even if Alabama wins, they shouldn't get in. It's like, bro, like, are you, bro, like, literally Georgia and Michigan have been arguably, you know, the most consistent teams. And like, bro, if you're able to beat one of those teams, like, come on, man. So I'm with you. Um, But yeah, so the next matchup here for the. AAC, right? No, what is it? A- yeah, AAC. Okay, yeah, yeah. for that championship, have ten and two at SMU, who I think they've been an incredible story actually. Um, a head coach Rhett Lashley, who he was the offensive coordinator here in Miami, um, under Manny Diaz, and that's our last like really good offensive coordinator. And then he, you know, he ended up going to SMU, and it's a pretty cool story because I'm pretty sure he played there, um, college football there, and then. He was the offensive. No, he was the. What was he? he was the offensive coordinator there. Manny Diaz brings him here, offensive coordinator. Then he's back as head coach. And I mean, bro, before this season, I don't think I've really paid attention to SMU football. Uh, so with that said, <laughs> they're ten and two, and they're playing number twenty-two Tulane at eleven and one. And I'm gonna go with Red Lashley and the uh, SMU here. Um, how about you? Man, you almost made me switch. You almost made me switch talking about that. I wouldn't be surprised if this guy gets poached by another team within the next year or two. Um, but let me get Tulane. Um, they had a, a – I mean, their only loss this year is against Ole Miss. And uh, Ole Miss is one of the top 10, 15 teams for sure. In the, I think they're number 11 in the country. Uh, you know, and, uh, quality losses, if you, if you – you know, if I can say so myself, you know, Bama and, uh, and LSU. Uh, no, actually, they beat LSU. I'm sorry. Man, who that? Who else did Ole Miss lose to? Let me check it. Um, man, uh, oh, Georgia, Bama, and Georgia, two teams oh. are in, in the championship with <laughs> SEC. Yeah. Um, that you know, what I mean, so uh, give me Tulane. I think they're gonna get it done. I wouldn't be surprised if this is a close one, though. Got you. Next up, I'm excited for the Sun Belt Championship. I have Appalachian State, um, at eight and four. The the um, yeah, I'm. I'm. A, I, 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 I already know who you got. Uh, yeah, you I, see who the other team is. <laughs> uh, yeah, I root for Appalachian State. Uh, I was actually there a couple of days ago for Thanksgiving in oh, yeah. North Carolina, and um, the day before they played on Saturday. I didn't go to the game, but on Friday I like visited their stadium. Every time I'm there, I like to visit the stadium, and it's just like you know, it's so beautiful. You have the mountains in the background. Actually, when I was there, I could tell their field goal kicker. He was actually practicing kicks with, like, uh-huh. like a special teams coach or something. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, they have a chance to, yeah, be conference champions of the Sun Belt. They're 8-4. They're playing against 10-2 Troy. 
But yeah, I'm going Appalachian State all day. No, no hesitation. <laughs> I'm gonna stay with the band with the Alabama teams. Give me Troy. Got you. Troy Trojans. And then uh, next up, oh yeah, Big Ten Championship. Kind of, you know, talked about this a little bit. Michigan against Iowa. Michigan, of course, twelve and zero, and Iowa ten and two. Um, who, wait, who are you picking here, bro? <laughs> um, Iowa. No. Wow. <laughs> Man, honestly, I don't think Iowa's gonna score more than seven points in this game. I mean, if they scored a touchdown, it'd be honestly it'd be a, a dub for them. I think they score three points. I think Michigan like beats the brakes off of them. Uh, yeah, they might even shut them out. Seriously, uh, Penn State did it, so we'll see. So I was gonna say that it's like it sucks when you see like such a good defense, then the offense is so like opposite. You know what I mean? So I actually stay in that conference, like Penn State, the same thing, like such a good defense, and the offense just like yeah, like it's like nothing. So yeah, yeah. of course I'm going with Michigan too, and then so the final pick here. Okay, we, we talked about this game already. Uh, Number 14, Louisville. Number four, FSU. I think we're, we're both going with Florida State there. Yes, sir. Got you. Um, so, yeah, any you have any other thoughts, bro, in, like, ch- championship week? No, nothing with championship week. Um, Did you want to get into some, some quick uh transfer talk or what? Yeah, I think there's, like, 100 quarterbacks, 59 receivers, and 34 running backs uh in the portal. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think we could hit every one of those, but can you tell me one that got your attention the most? Um, I would say yeah. Okay, you know I have a tough time. I'm not gonna say the last name. DJ quarterback. We young and Yeah, there you go. Got you, bro. Uh, that that was I don't know. To me, that was the like the one that really caught my eye. But then you brought up like such a great point to me, and now it makes sense. So I it doesn't it's not as uh eye opening now. Um, but yeah, DJ, you know he started off in Clemson. Um, you know, some struggles there. They weren't really winning. He goes to Oregon State this year. You know, they have a tremendous season. He has his best season of his career. Uh, now Oregon State's coach is leaving. Michigan State, DJ is leaving. So, I don't know. That one really caught my eye. I know there's other, you know, guys that are transferring. that are big-time players as well. But, yeah, what are your thoughts on that whole situation? No, man. I mean, uh, Jonathan Smith taking a job. Uh, I believe to go to Michigan State, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and it's it's tough, man. O- Oregon State goes out with pretty like a good, I'd say, pretty much goes out with a bang. It goes out with a really good season by their standards, and you know, is really competitive. And they're gonna be alone with Wazoo in the Pack Two, whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, it's it's unfortunate, but the players and coaches they gotta do what's right for them and their families and stuff. You know, uh, there's better opportunities out there, and and DJ really boosted his stock, man. He showed people that. You know, that that Clemson thing, like, that's behind him. He's definitely a better player than he was in Clemson. So, um, you know, that's just the – that's modern college football for you, bro. It's like free agency in a way. Uh, shoot. Now, yeah, quickly, I want to bring up – like, I brought this point up to you uh, before we recorded, but I want you to, you know, talk about it now. But, yeah, something that came to my head, it's like with some of these teams, right, they're going to be looking at him as a – you know, try to get him as a their quarterback. Mm-hmm. It's like, wait – was it really him that improved or was it, you know, Oregon State's system? So what 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 do you think about that? It's tough because, like, you could say the system just worked better for him. So we always, me and you, when we talk about sports, we talk about fit. Some guys just fit in certain spots better than others. Um, that might have just been a situation for him or or they, they used him correctly, right? 
it's I, I'm not going to sit here and break down the, the scheme of both programs because I, I don't have the football knowledge to do that. But I think they are. Uh, I think expectations had to do a lot with it. You know, I think at Oregon State, he was giving kind of a blank slate. And it was like one of those things like, hey, man, you know, you do your best and it'll probably be good enough for us. Um, ball out. Right. And then Clemson, it's like, hey, man, you, you know whose shoes you're filling? Like, you know how many stars you had attached to your name? Um, we're a premier college football program. You need to deliver. And, and that could be hard, man. You know, um, and I, it really can be. And it looks like he's got his game back. Uh, I wish him the best. I'll be rooting for him wherever he goes, honestly, unless it's uh, some team I don't like. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I feel you for sure. So, yeah, um, to move on, like what what guy kind of caught your attention in uh, transfer portal? Yeah, so my, the Riley Leonard from Duke is the one who um, who surprised me the most. Honestly, I, I wasn't expecting that. Um, one more. I'll get into another one. But uh, as far as I know, I'm pretty sure Riley Leonard's uh, going to North, uh, not North Carolina. <laughs> that would be crazy. He's going to Notre Dame. Sorry, not NC, ND. Um, <laughs> be interesting because he'd be the second quarterback in a row from a public, you know, uh, NC school. Like, to like North Carolina school to go to Notre Dame, but we just had Sam Hartman from NC State, uh, who was an established quarterback, and now we got Riley Leonard possibly going over there, filling those shoes. Um, let's see how it works out if it actually does happen. But um, he had a great season at Duke. Mike Elko obviously leaving for Texas A&M. Um, you know, I hope the Duke fans, the Duke football fans, enjoyed it while it lasted. But it was a quick, you know, quick stint of a. Uh, of a solid season, uh, you know, happy for them. One more I just wanted to mention really fast before we go, because I know we've been taking a while. Uh, UCLA's Dante Moore, five-star, uh, true freshman quarterback who got some starts this year. Uh, he's out. He's uh, transferring. Not in my bingo book, not on my bingo card. Um, you know, he's uh, a stud. I thought he'd be really, a really good piece, kind of uh, replacing DTR, who they uh, Darian Thompson Robinson, who they'd had for a few years. But um, there must be some internal issues, or maybe he thinks Chip Kelly might be out of there or something. Because I was not expecting that one bit. Not for sure. Um, yeah, for me, a huge thing is like, like I brought it up earlier with Miami. It's like, but well, Emory Williams, right? Like, I, I would love for him to start, but I really don't know if like health wise, he'll be ready. So, like, I'm very much interested in this, like, transfer portal, bro, because like, I brought it up to you the other day. Like, Will Rogers, uh, quarterback of Mississippi State, he entered the portal. And immediately following that, uh, Mario Cristobal gave him a follow on Twitter. So, I'm like, I really don't know much about the guy, but I'm just, like, curious, man. I want to know, you know, like, um, who, like, where Miami's kind of looking at, man, to be that next, like, quarterback or not even quarterback, any other player they could bring in. Because, uh, uh, yeah, I'm just interested. <laughs> no, I get it, man. Um, to go off of that, you know, you got you were saying earlier TVD is transferring out. Um, happy to say Graham Mertz is gonna stick around, be a Florida Gator. Um, probably gonna finish his career out this next season. Oh, we have DJ Lagway, one of the best quarterbacks, five star quarterback coming in. I love the situation for us, man. It reminds me a lot of when Tebow came in. Uh, like Chris Leak was the guy, and it would be everyone knew it was his last year. Um. And, you know, we use Tebow for, like, some things, but Leak was really the guy. Uh, there's a lot of parallels, and I, I like that. Um, you know, I don't think people were expecting Lagway to start right away, 
which, uh, you know, let him get used to the, the offense. Hopefully we can, you know, keep Napier one more year if he, you know, assuming he has a, a decent year or at least some steps in the right direction. Um, and, yeah, I, I mean, Mertz was super consistent. I think he was one of the, the best portal QBs this season. I'm, I'm not even saying that bias. I really do think that. Um, very good completion percentage, and he just uh, did what he could. Uh, really happy about that. Yeah, 100%. But, yeah, and any other thoughts, man, on the transfer portal? Honestly, no. Um, that's, that's, you know, like I said, this is that could be a, a you know, hours-long talk, but I think we got the gist of what we had on our minds. Not for sure. If anything, yeah, I was, I was thinking after all the, you know, the playoff, everything, uh, in the off season, we could, like, literally dedicate episodes, you know, to to the transfer portal and guys that are available. You feel me? And you elaborate more on there. In college football, there's no off season, bro. That's true. That's, <laughs> that's true. Um, uh, any thoughts on any of the coaching, um, uh, what do you call it, moves? Like Mike Elko or... No, oh, yeah, we talked about Jonathan Jonathan Smith. We talked about Elko, um, you know, get, go moving into that cult that they call Texas A&M. Uh, let's see. Hopefully he can uh, make some noise there. It's going to be really interesting now because Oklahoma and Texas are coming in, and I think the boosters are going to pay – you know, they've always paid attention to big games like Bama and whatnot, but I think this one – these are going to mean a lot more to those, uh, you know, to those people in College Station. Uh, with, with them coming into the SEC, I'm excited to see what he can do because, you know, he, he look what he did at Duke. I mean, yes, literally Duke, right? I'm not. I, people are like, oh, you know, no, no, no offense to Duke, no offense to Duke. They're not. Oh, they're not a football school. They're just not. Um, and and he made them, you know, a contender. It wasn't just a fluke that they beat Clemson that bad at the beginning of the year. They were actually a bona fide good team, and they proved it. So, um. I think it's a pretty good hire. The the whole Stoops fiasco was pretty interesting, though. Um, kind of hoping. I, I, I was like, I didn't know whether I wanted Stoops to go to AM or not. I just don't like Kentucky. But whatever. Um, I just want to beat them. I, I want to beat them when he's there because I don't think he likes us very much. Not for sure. Um, and uh, something quickly with Mike Elko, like, he did such a incredible job with the program at Duke, but uh, um, more notably, I think, with the defense. So, you think of the the talent Texas A&M has specifically on that defensive line, it should be exciting, uh, you know, for the the fans there of the of the Aggies, man, to bring in you know this guy that literally made a, a yeah a school that was never a football anything of football, and like man, to me Duke has one of the best defenses in the country this year. So, um, oh yeah, um, but yeah, yeah any, other, any other thoughts there? Yeah, I mean, last thought. I mean, this is the uh, A&M higher fire situation is going to have a really big ripple effect on the portal because how much talent they, that, you know, Jimbo brought over there. So a lot of those guys are leaking out, I'm sure. Uh, so that's going to, it's going to change the face of a, of a few teams. There's a lot of guys already that are really hot commodities in the transfer portal that left A&M. So we'll see how that works itself out. Not for sure. But you, man, I think this was, you know, a great, another great uh, recording. A lot of info in there, some recaps, some previews, Heisman, coaching, transfer portal talk. So you already know. <laughs> but it's definitely exciting, bro. Championship week coming. And uh, yeah, man, we'll do it again. <laughs> yeah, man, next time we're going to be talking playoff. Yes, Let's sir. It. Let's get it, bro. But yeah, thanks again for coming on, bro. Another fun time. Of course, bro. Of course. Yeah. 
All right. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to today's College Football Talk with Paul episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Once again, I want to you know, give another shout out to Paul. Thanks again for coming on the show, bro. It's always, you know, a good time recording with you and looking forward to many, many more of these uh, recordings down the line. But yeah, hope you guys, uh, you know, enjoyed the episode. Like I said, if you guys want to share your thoughts with us on anything we covered today or anything else college football related, you know where to reach us. Make sure to hit us up on Instagram at the flame underscore ES at Rob Gao, R-O-B-C-A-O. You could also email me your thoughts if you want at T-F-E-S-Rob at gmail.com. Before we wrap up this episode, I want to talk to you guys again about SeatGeek, of course, SeatGeek. Like I said, um, to begin the episode, we recently joined Team SeatGeek, and it's just awesome, you know, to be part of one of the best, you know, ticketing apps out there. And uh, like I said, to begin the show, what better time to buy someone's tickets to a sports game, a concert, stand-up comedy show, and of course, um, in this case, all the college football people out there, what better gift to give someone than tickets to a bowl game to see their favorite team? So with that said, make sure to use code ROBCAO, R-O-B-C-A-O, for $20 off your first purchase at SeatGeek. Once again, use code ROBCAO, R-O-B-C-A-O, for $20 off your first ticket purchase at SeatGeek. And uh, yeah, make sure to let me know, you know, what, you, what tickets you guys buy. And uh, yeah, once again, hope you guys, you know, enjoyed this college football talk with Paul. And um, yeah, till next time, everyone, take care.